Welcome back to the reboot of Embodying the Liberal Arts, Office Hours at Bowdoin. After a year hiatus, I am so happy to be uh, talking with students again about what's most important to them, what a liberal arts education means to them, and what they wish their professors knew about them. And today, today I'm going to be speaking with Jackie Rika. She is majoring in Earth and Oceanographic Science and Environmental Studies with a minor in Education. Jackie is from Cross River, New York. She's a leader for the Bowdoin Outing Club and just came back from abroad in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Glad to have you back here, Jackie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, so let's start with the first question. What's most important to you? I'd have to say what's most important to me is freedom. Um, and freedom in the sense that I have the freedom to explore physically the world around me, but also intellectually. Um, I was really fortunate to have grown up in a home where my parents really encouraged me to go outside and explore the natural world, and that had a really big impact on where I am right now, what I'm studying. Um, but then also being here at Bowdoin, I'm given the opportunity to try my hand at a whole bunch of different topics. And having that intellectual freedom um, comes with responsibility in knowing what you're learning and how that applies not only to you but others. Um, but it just opens up a whole new world of my brain that I'd never had before, especially when comparing and contrasting different subjects and having new perspectives. I want to come back to the idea of this responsibility that comes with the freedom, um, and especially it sounds like you connect that responsibility to your intellectual pursuits. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I want to start with how you're talking about freedom because I'm not sure that's something that anyone who I've interviewed for this podcast has said before. Mm -hmm. And usually... I, I'm curious if that, if that um, decision to say freedom comes from restrictions on your freedom that you've experienced that have made you appreciate it, mm -hmm. or if it's just recognizing the vast amount of freedom that you do have, being in a, in a space um, like Bowdoin or your ability to travel the world. Like, I'm curious, do you know where that comes from? Yeah, so I'm... I don't think it comes from the idea that I was restricted of having freedom. Um, I think it comes from the fear of having it restricted at some point in my life. Um, and I, I just take so much value in being able to kind of do whatever I want, whether that be go outside, read a book, um, learn new ideas, and it's just the fear of having that taken away um, is why I value it so much. What do you think could be a source? that would take that away? That's a good question. Um, I think, I know myself as a student, sometimes I get super into like a paper or I get super into something that takes up a lot of my time. And so going ahead into my future, sometimes I get worried that um, I'll find something and spend so much time in it, I'm kind of limiting my freedom with exploring different avenues. Um, so I guess it's always just has to be a reminder um, that I guess time comes into it too uh, with looking for different things to do um, and exploring different ideas. 
do you see yourself going to graduate school only because I see you as such a, a, a student who is so passionate about what they're studying, just like what you were saying. And, and I know that going to graduate school will mean that kind of specialization. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if that's what you see coming next for you and that's producing some of the questions or maybe even anxiety. Yeah, no, that's the word that immediately came to mind. It does produce some anxiety. Um, I'm not going to lie, but I know that I definitely want to take some time off before I go to graduate school and find something meaningful to do with those one or two years. Um, And I think that's where a lot of freedom will come into play. I'm playing around with what to do right now with that time. Um, But I know that I do want to go to graduate school. I've been looking at teaching programs. um, And what I think makes me feel good about that is with master's programs within a select field of whatever I decide to apply to, I'll have the freedom within that with what I want to spend my time doing. So that's kind of how I reconcile that anxiety. That's what are some of the things you're playing around with of thinking you'll do in the next year or two? So um, I currently have a Fulbright going in um, for consideration. Um, and I'm also considering going back to New Zealand. I had such a great time there and I developed such great relationship with the professors um, that I would just love to go back and do more research with them or um, help out more at the primary school that I worked with um, and kind of go back on a year-long work-study visa. What was it like to be in New Zealand after being at Bowdoin and having been in New York, right? So... How did you, what were sort of the most meaningful aspects of being away from here and being there? Right, so immediately when I got to New Zealand, I immediately felt my mind open up. And that happens on the small scale, like when I go outside, when I remove myself from the four walls of a building, I just feel so much more relaxed. And stepping off that plane in a new country um, was that times a thousand. Um, And it just felt so relaxing and so invigorating and so exciting um, that I was just looking so much forward to what was coming next. And the environment was what really drew me there. Um, I'd seen pictures. I've been saving up for this trip since middle school. um, And it was just otherworldly to me. The environment um, and the people are also just super nice. And their relationship with their environment was something that struck me as well. They take care of it. And I was so happy to get to know how they do that. And I definitely, coming back here, I definitely see those differences in how they care about um, the world around them. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, so whenever I would go um, to to their version of a national park or go hiking, um, you don't see litter or trash anywhere. Um, There's a lot of signage um, about the different species and educating Um, visitors and tourists about everything in the natural world and not only that but connection to like politics and um, economics and how their environment directly influences their entire country Um, and our national park system is terrific um, but I definitely saw um, some differences in how um, it was displayed. Does that connect some to the idea of responsibility in terms of what you're learning? you were saying like with this freedom and with this sort of ability to engage in these intellectual pursuits, it comes with responsibility. 
Oh yeah, it definitely does. Um, definitely in New Zealand, having learned that people have this relationship with their environment, um, I then felt the responsibility from what I learned to come back here and apply it to my world and teach others about the experience that I have so that hopefully it can become like a ripple effect and work its way out. Who knows how far it would go, but at least I know that I have the responsibility intellectually to take what I learned and share with others. Well, that leads us right into, so what does a liberal arts education mean to you? Um, so liberal arts education means studying topics in like the word that comes to mind is, is interdisciplinarity like having so many different subjects at your disposal and so I'm an earth and oceanographic science student um, but I'll have students from other majors in my classroom and having their perspective having their knowledge and how they look at questions skills their frameworks of their own majors and bringing that into mine makes me look at material in a classroom with a different perspective and a different viewpoint and makes me question different things. And I think that's what's so valuable, valuable about a liberal arts education is you have all these different perspectives and it's your job to kind of um, bring it in to whatever you're learning. Can you give an example of when that has happened for you in a class or an area of study? I think it happens most often in my environmental studies classes because it is a coordinate major and that's what makes that major so valuable is you're drawing in students from different majors. Um, so I don't have very much background in, in economics, but um, in my freshman um, in environmental studies 1101, whenever we would talk about um, kind of the issues of salmon and cod and different fish in Maine, I would always look at it from an ecological perspective. Um, but then I had a whole bunch of friends who would remind me that there is um, an economical perspective coming at it too with people's jobs um, being uh, supported by fisheries. Um, so it was just those kinds of discussions that I had to remind myself that my perspective isn't the only one that matters and to keep an open mind about the other ones that are also in the topic. Mm. So what do you wish your professors knew about you? What do I wish? Um, I wish that they knew my stress came from a place of caring. Um, I want to do my best in my classes, and I know that sometimes it comes off as extremely... I come off as extremely stressed, um, and I know people will see my... Uh, my calendar and see so many meetings and plans and everything booked um, but it comes from a place of caring like I, I want to do well because I know um, that I'm really involved in whatever I'm learning um, and I wish that they also knew um, that I'm not interested in just um, the classroom topics whatever goes on in the classroom but I'm also interested in um, how they came to be at Bowdoin um, because growing up I always had this vision in my mind that adults had one job their entire life. <laughs> and I know that's not true now, but growing up, that's what I believed. Um, and especially, and you know... And they slept at that job, too. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> um, Unless they were your parents. Exactly. Then yeah. they had to come home. Um, but especially being a senior now, 
I'm super interested in the pathway that Bowdoin professors took to be where they are now here at Bowdoin. Um, so I would love to learn. That's why I've been finding myself going into office hours more because I want to know the pathway of like, what was your first job? Like, how did you end up at Bowdoin? Like, what different pathways did you take? Um, so yeah, that's something I want to know more. How did your, um, how do you think, has there been a time where a professor said to you, you need to relax, that, that you were worried that you were conveying a level of stress, an undue amount of stress? Yeah, I definitely um, have had, <laughs> I go come into office hours and I've had professors kind of look at me and be like, take a deep breath, <laughs> do it with me. <laughs> and it helped, it helped. Um, but it does, it comes from a place of caring. Rather than? Rather than just being frazzled because I right. want to be frazzled, yeah. Do you have a paper calendar or do you ha use a calendar on your computer? Um, I have a very, very difficult time using electronics to document things. So I immediately go to pencil and paper. I have a little agenda. That Let's bust out your agenda. Let's take a look at it. Yes. Every year I buy myself a new planner. And this one is purple embossed paisleys. Yep. And so we just moved into October, right? But here's all of this stuff. Would you stuff. give an example of like what are some of the things that are on your calendar for this? Is this by the day or by the week? This is So this is by the day. Okay. So share like what's going to ha what happens in a calendar day for you. So I usually have the classes that I have for the day written down, the labs that I have, um, any meetings that I have, whether that be with professors or other supportive offices on campus. Um, I have, I, I go to Zumba every Monday and Thursday night. Um, I have that written down. Um, you know, info sessions that happen around campus, I have those written down. Dinner with friends to make sure that I follow up on those. And do you schedule your dinner with friends? Yeah, so I here I have dinner right. with one of my friends. That's great, but so then it's in your calendar, so exactly. you make sure that you're doing yeah. that, you have that connection. And I find that when I write it down, I'm much more apt to do it, um, and it feels good that I can check it off knowing that I did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. What are some of the um, supportive offices on campus that you've been able to access? Um, so I've been spending a lot of time recently at the off-campus study office and the fellowships office um, talking about my experience abroad in New Zealand and uh, applying for the um, fellowships. So what's been your... I've, I know from my end that I write a lot of letters for Fulbright um, fellowships, but I know that there's quite an experience mm -hmm. um, in terms of being on the student end and, and preparing your application. Can you tell me a little bit about what that's what that process is like? Yes. And, where, so, and what in the timeline for it? So I immediately began thinking about um, the Fulbright um, as I was applying to study abroad because I knew that I was studying abroad in the spring and a lot of the info sessions that happened around um, fellowships happened in the spring, so I knew I wouldn't be here for those. Um, so I was really proactive in meeting with um, the members of the uh, fellowships office 
um, throughout my time when I was abroad. I would schedule Skype meetings all the way from New Zealand. Um, so that would involve me waking up at 6 a.m. there, which is however many hours, 16 hours yes. back over here. Um, but I wanted to do that because I wanted to stay on top of everything. Um, and so I began writing over there. I began writing over the summer, um, just trying to draw in different experiences. Um, it must have been a total of 10, 15 drafts involved. Um, and I brought those back to Bowdoin. And kind of over the past month, I've been working with um, some of the people in the fellowship's office um, to revise it and go over it. And then there's the online application as well and getting recommendations. So it's a lot to juggle, um, but it's definitely a process that's really valuable, especially going ahead um, into looking for jobs in the future, um, just knowing who I am as a person, because a lot of those are personal statements, what you value, and I think it has been really valuable, um, all of that reflection, because I think, especially after being abroad and, and going through almost four years at Bowdoin now, it's really important now that I look back and reflect on how much opportunities I've had and what it's mean to me. What's the biggest thing that you took away from doing all this reflection? The biggest thing that I took away? That you learned about yourself by doing all of this self-examination. I think I really found my calling and my passion is definitely environmental education. Um, I knew before going abroad I liked science and um, I wasn't sure where I would find myself in that very general term. Um, but especially with my independent project over in New Zealand, working with the primary school, um, I love the intersections of education and science. Um, and my independent project was very much something that was self-driven. Um, I advocated for my project um, when a lot of the professors weren't sure if it was really going to be possible or take off, um, but I had a really supportive mentor over there who pushed me to um, pursue it, and it turned into a four-month collaboration, um, and I just returned to, so I made a blog, a website. I was say, tell me more yeah. about what this project was. Um, so I worked with uh, Kaikoura Primary School, um, and they had uh, experienced the effects of the 2016 earthquake in November that hit at midnight, um, and so those children were very young and it really influenced um, how they look at their environment around them, especially considering that anywhere along the Kaikoura coast, it's three hours north of Christchurch on the coast, um, there was anywhere from one to six meters of uplift. So a brand new beach popped up, a brand new rocky reef, um, and the school is really unique. They have this vision of um, outdoor education. So they wanted to bring the beach in as an outdoor classroom, but they weren't really sure how to do that. And it had been two years at that point since the earthquake, and the students still hadn't been out to the beach. Um, so it was kind of my idea, my mentor's idea, to bring them out there, use it as a classroom, learn about the organisms, but then come back and um, kind of synthesize what they learned. And so I made a blog for the school um, so that the students could work on their English skills as well, their typing skills. Um, they could post pictures, post videos, um, post drawings, and it's a way for them to um, 
not only work emotionally through what they had gone through, but also keep a chronological timeline of how this environment is changing over time. I think it's cool because all these students will come through the school and they can all contribute to it in some way and they, because it's online they can always go back and see um, how it's changed. And just that experience working with the kids and, and the intersections of technology and uh, science and education and English is just all my passion brought into one. So That's having amazing. to write about all of those experiences for these applications really made me realize that. What, um, are you comfortable talking about what you proposed for the Fulbright? Uh, yeah. Okay, so where, um, are you, where are you hoping to go, and what kind of project do you want to do? Or are you doing the um, English teaching assistantship? So I'm doing the English teaching assistantship um, to Greece, um, and I'm super interested in going to Greece. I've always had a relationship with the Mediterranean, whether that be visiting Italy. I've never actually visited Greece itself, um, but... Um, my family's from Italy. We visited. Um, my uncle's a classics teacher, and um, when I was very young, um, sometimes I would get a lot of unwanted comments about my curly hair. I didn't know how to tame it when I was little, so it was very big and poofy, um, but when I looked at his classics textbooks, um, I would see marble doppelgangers staring back at me, um, and I'm like, that's me, that's me, and it gave me a lot of confidence that um, Greece embodied curly hair beauty and um, that really applied to my life in other ways. I read a lot of Greek mythology growing up, a lot of um, Greek cuisine um, and so when I decided to apply for a Fulbright um, I really um, was interested in going there with this newfound um, knowledge now that I'm super interested in how people connect to their environment. Um, and so having been to the Mediterranean a few times over my life um, I want a better understanding of how Greek people connect to their environment, um, and I think it'd be cool to connect with students that way through teaching English. That's really exciting. So is there anything we didn't talk about that you think we should, especially about like what it's like to be a first semester senior, right? Do you have any tips for anyone? I feel like you gave so much really sound um, advice, whether or not you realized you were doing it, talking about how to organize your time and how to make connections and have this be a really fruitful mm -hmm. experience. But is there anything else you've been thinking about as you're entering or like in the midst of your senior year? I definitely have to say do something that's outside of your comfort zone. Um, I think I've seen, um, from experience of talking with friends and, and online, um, that seniors get to the end of the first semester or even they graduate and realize there's something they didn't do um, that they wanted to. Um, so I would just encourage anybody who kind of has that idea in the back of their mind wondering if they should do something um, to not let it get to senior year and have that question. Just kind of go for it um, and take the opportunity as it comes. Is there anything you've left undone? So I have yet to uh, hike Katahdin. That's one of my things um, that I really want to do before I graduate. Um, kind of see Maine from the tallest point. Is it in your calendar yet? It was, um, but then the trip uh, had gotten canceled um, this past weekend. 
but I'm determined to make it happen. It will make its way back in my calendar. That's great. All right, well, it was a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for joining for the reboot of Embodying the, the, <laughs> embodying the Liberal Arts. All right, we got that. All right. Thank you. Thanks, bye.